Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome back to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Get Wisdom founder and director, Carl Mollison. This week, we're going to look at what Creator shares about the insights on the nature of life force energy. Now, we have had a show in the past on life force energy, and life force energy has been brought up in a number of contexts throughout this episodes. But um, it's a big topic, and there's a lot to explore, so we've put some more questions together on it, Carl. Yeah, I think this would be good. And another way to think about this, to make it a little less esoteric for those culturally aware of the uh, Mary Shelley Frankenstein novel and the movies about that, where this body was brought back to life through bolts of lightning and this mad scientist kind of scenario. But that's a recognition that we've always realized that life is a mysterious force of some kind. You know, things are alive and then they're dead and the the, the corpse is still there. But, yeah. but where did the life go? And what is that exactly? And yes. it's not just electricity. There is a, a, a life force that comes from the divine. It's literally brought to you by God to make you living. And it has consciousness as a part. So this this is really an amazing phenomenon. We take for granted totally. But it's it's good to learn a little more about it because it has ramifications for a lot of different things. Yeah, and a lot of people probably have never really considered that uh, we literally have a lifeline hooked up to us, a true energetic umbilical cord. You know. Yeah, it's like we're deep sea divers down here on the planet. But that little line that goes up feeding oxygen to the diver, we're getting a life force all yes. the time. And all living things have it, for sure. So, And the entire universe is basically built on it. So life force energy is the energy of, uh, of creation. And it's creator's energy being shared with us, I believe. You ask creator, we have learned that every sentient being has a lifeline of life force energy. Is this true of every living thing, animals and plants, single-celled life forms? Does that energy emanate from creator directly, or are there multiple sources? How do the life force energies differ among life forms, and what determines whether there is an individual unique soul along with a higher self-intermediary or a collective soul shared by many organisms? Can you give us a tutorial on how this is organized? All right, and this is what I channeled from Creator. This is Creator's words. We can give you some broad outlines, but your question is truly vast in its scope. It is like asking what determines the form and existence and energetic interplay with what is taking place inside the human body. Is the energy the same everywhere, or are there individual differences among organs and cells? As anyone with a scientific background can tell you, life forms are exceedingly complex, much more complex than appreciated by the average person, and for quite a long period in human history, not appreciated by scientists themselves. So this is a rather new development in seeing the extreme complexity of living things, what they're composed of, and the many varied structures and functions that have an interplay to make them capable of many intricate operations including not just remaining alive, but growth and differentiation, and even replication through a wide array of strategies for reproduction of the species in question. So we will break this down for you in some general pointers and how the pattern of life plays out with differing levels and types of energy guiding and controlling what takes place. Your first question is, does everything that is living do so because of a life force energy? And the answer here is most definitely yes. As the life force energy comes from the divine, this is true of everything that lives, from the smallest microbe to the largest creatures, and of course, human beings and the many varied extraterrestrial sentient beings and other life forms found elsewhere. 
When you think about the fact there is an overarching structure to how a life form of complexity is comprised and regulated with many varied levels of functioning involving many types of energies, the same is true of the life force phenomenon itself. There is not one life force energy that is shared universally by everything living. There are many variations of life force energy. They have similarities and some overlapping characteristics, but many unique features that are specific to particular species and what they're designed to represent in terms of the variety of functions they may display or develop in the course of a lifetime. And of course, some life forms occur in successive stages with complex life cycles, as in the insect realm, starting from an egg that hatches into a larval form that might form a pupa or chrysalis and undergo a metamorphosis with an eventual emergence of an adult form that can mate and reproduce new offspring. Indeed, the energies involved at every stage, which are all composed of living entities, are varied because the needs and purpose are varied and everything is designed and tailor-made to be most appropriate for the needed and and the design intended by creator for the direction to take and the final end product. Nothing is done by accident or by chance. There are many examples in nature where a good idea was the inspiration for a better one or where two or more types of anatomical features or physiologic pathways were combined independently in a new fashion within a completely new life form that has those elements in common with other species, but it is essentially a reworking and repurposing of what has been shown to work and to make it better or differ in some way. The sentient beings like humans and the extraterrestrial species who are interlopers in your world and thus of great concern for you to understand and reckon with, are a higher order of being, and in fact, the highest. You are at the pinnacle of creation in that respect. So as befits your status, you have a special life force energy that is very similar among the extraterrestrial sentient beings also, who preceded you in creation but came, became corrupted and needed a rescuer. And that is why you were created to heal what has come before and deal with the problem of the fallen angels and their corruption of so many other beings, which threatens the continued existence of the free will galaxy you inhabit. The sentient beings have a higher self to help as an interface with the, with the divine realm, being that you are in the physical, and in the case of humans in particular, disconnected from the divine. This is true of the extraterrestrial species as well, by virtue of their corruption by the fallen angelics. Normally, the higher self is a gateway to direct communication, if need be, with creator, or at least the sole extension of the higher self to obtain further guidance and information is needed, and for the price of a thought alone. You have been corrupted to make this impossible because you cannot connect directly to your higher self any longer. And it has been that way for most of the time humans have been in existence. So you are truly coming from behind and not having that divine partner working closely with you as part of your awareness. The life force energy for the higher self you as the physical human extension of your soul and the larger soul you left behind in the light are all somewhat different in characteristics. This is somewhat analogous to the fact that your genome governs many physical characteristics and it is that coding of genetic sequences within the DNA which governs many things created within and by the body and the form they take. There is also a higher morphogenetic field that contributes to the way the life forms appear, their architecture, their overall design, and the basic pattern that governs how growth takes place and what the life form will look like once it is mature, 
So it has a consistent general size and appearance and makeup in terms of the organizing parts and so on. That is not all information within the genome, but exists as a kind of life force energy itself, an aspect of consciousness, which is the common denominator. So life force energies are highly varied, specific to organisms and levels of organization. Most species have a collective soul shared by fellow organisms. So there is an organizing principle and life force energy emanating from that collective soul to each of the members. They exist independent of one another, functionally speaking, but have that common origin and linkage to a common repository energetically. And so they are not differentiated into unique beings to the same extent is higher life forms like humans, their companion animals, and the extraterrestrial beings who are intelligent and soul-based as well. When you have a scientist who becomes a channeler or creator, you end up with a phrase like higher morphogenetic field. <laughs> I think what that means, and correct me if I'm wrong, Carl, but basically it's, it's kind of an etheric DNA. You know, in other words, we've heard that there's a kind of a energetic DNA beyond the purely physical DNA. Uh, am I right on that, you think? Yes. Well, this, this is actually a human label. This uh, is most associated with Rupert Sheldrake, who was the scientist who really evolved this idea that there's some kind of a blueprint that exists somewhere that determines the, the form things take, the shape, the overall size, and the layout. Because as creators pointing out, that's not in the DNA, and it's been a mystery to science all the way along. How do we know, how does the body know what to look like? How big yes. to grow? How long to make your arms and the hands and fingers on your arms? It's all very carefully orchestrated. It varies from person to person, but it's 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 got a plan and a design to it. So it, it it isn't like you know we're all misshapen and lumpy and and all kind of random and amorphous like an amoeba, you know, like a blob of jelly moving around from place to place. There's, there's a more elegant and precise organization of everything. And every organism looks different. You know, it's that's, interesting. That's the imprint. That's the blueprint in the morphogenetic field. But it is a form of life force energy, as creators pointing out. But real quick, you know, I, I, I remember reading somewhere in one of the books I've been reading re recently that they have, they have been able to kind of figure out how to grow a tooth but they can't figure out how to make it stop growing. It just it gets, keeps growing. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, this is what you call a scientific clue. Yeah. <laughs> that, that there's something missing from there's science. There's something missing there, yes. <laughs> yeah, things come from above that we take for granted. So, That's and, well, and it, it's just amazing. And um, this, this is all a creation. Yes. The, the, the scriptures are correct about that, that we have souls, we're immortal, there is a planned creation, and, and the creator made everything. Species are distinctly created, each and every one. There's and nothing that evolved from nothing. And he didn't just make them, he just didn't create them, he created them complex. <laughs> we learned that too. Well, it's more complex than we know. and that That's for sure. <laughs> we're going to learn more and more through the years about it. And the other thing that Creator didn't delineate precisely here that I happen to know from prior channelings is that our consciousness that we think of as ourselves and we use as our mind is a part of the life force energy that's unique. So there's a kind of mental consciousness that is our sole expression of our identity and everything we do with it to become something and express ourselves and have relationships and so on. And then there's a body energy. And so that life force energy has those two components is, is a rough demarcation. And then many, many, many 
subtleties and subcomponents has, has been alluded to, all the, the different creator, functions. Creator did say in this channeling that it's not just one ubiquitous life force energy, it's it's very complex and multifaceted. So, you asked Creator, we know fallen angelics are cut off from the divine source of life force energy. Did Creator make that decision or will angelic, were angelic members of the divine realm involved in a collective act of divine will? Did Lucifer's expulsion from the higher astral realms by Michael the Archangel precipitate that decision, or did it come later? Did this expulsion event happen nearly five billion years ago, fairly soon after the creation of the Anunnaki extraterrestrials? All right, and this is what Creator tells us. The decision here and how to deal with the fallen angelics was initially a joint one because the angelic realm was directly in the line of fire with that fall from grace. And they were interacting and were interacting personally with those increasingly self-corrupted and influencing one another to fall further in their disarray with the lowering of vibration and the discouragement it brought, making it more and more difficult to return to divine alignment. So it was creator's plan for the angelics to patrol all of the contents of the Milky Way galaxy and help to keep things humming, so to speak. When Lucifer turned away from the light and led his cohort of angels on a downward spiral, it was countered by an outreach from creator as well as the angelics who were still in divine alignment fully. But despite many attempts, the fall from grace continued and worsened. And it was only then that a decision was made finally by creator to say enough is enough and withdraw the life support because that was appropriate given the quite long-standing descent into depravity indulged in by the fallen angels with no sign of an awareness or ability to self-correct even after many attempts to heal them this is the risk on display of having free will and free agency each being must make up its own mind what it wishes to do with its energy. So the perspective you hold about who you are, who you are linked to, and might have obligations to or be dependent on will determine entirely what happens next and how things unfold for you. If you get out of divine alignment, this creates a distortion and it is difficult to regain the high ground you left behind. So all can undergo a fall from grace. And this is routine in physical existence that one will be challenged and have times of being mistaken and misguided and even corrupted by bad examples and influences. So the key is to have a way to receive healing and be restored once again to a high level of functioning that is in divine alignment and can make you invulnerable. The expulsion was approximately as you described because it was clear at a certain point that severe damage had been done by the fallen angels who turned away from love and light and were corrupting the Anunnaki severely. That continued conduct is what earned their fate as a karmic rebalancing, that eventually they were cut off from life support which was a fitting punishment for, in effect, destroying the lives of so many other beings from the corruption they caused. Wow, sobering stuff. And some really strong lessons here. Of course, you know, you get a question answered, it seems to generate two or three more. <laughs> but we did learn here emphatically that this was creator's decision to do this. The angelics were part of that decision process initially, but ultimately it was creator's say that enough was enough. Yes. And then this has been going on for a long time. I I'm always amazed at creator's patience. Yes. The Anunnaki were created almost five billion years ago. And it wasn't too long after that when this whole thing started with Lucifer and his turning more to ego gratification. And that's how all this started. And we we talked about that elsewhere, Yes, <clears throat> how that whole thing happened, that fall from grace. But this has been a long, long progression. And this is the source of evil. 
Yes, this is. The, you know, those of you who are paying attention out there, this this <laughs> is an important take-home message. Evil started with the fallen angels. Yes, and we'll we'll get into that some more when we come back with more good wisdom right after this. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We are looking at what Creator shares about insights on the nature of life force energy and uh, why it's so important. And not just important to us, but... uh, it's kind of an important aspect that's very much like gold in the universe. You know, it's, 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 it has just the same amount of value, well, greater value, in fact. It's very highly coveted, and it's being chased after by many beings, Carl. Yes, and this is a big part of the dynamic and what we do with healing, because these fallen angels we've been discussing have become predators because now they're parasites. The only way they can survive is attaching to the living. And we're going to be talking about this. Yes. You asked, Creator, is life force energy stored by living beings such that it can be stolen by other life forms? If so, what determines the capacity to store life force energy? In the movie The Matrix, human beings were in stasis pods in huge warehouses where they were essentially being used as batteries to power the Matrix computer AI itself that kept them subjugated. Was this part of the movie's storyline divinely inspired? And what lessons should we learn from it? All right, and this is what Creator tells us. There was indeed an inspired imparting of awareness that the life force energy is indeed real and quite special and can be coveted by invading intelligence and co-opted to serve itself and effect rob the original source of that energy. This is very analogous to the reality that humans being granted support in receiving life force energy on demand are preyed upon by the dark fallen angelic spirits who are cut off from life support and can only survive as parasites preying on the living, whether human or extraterrestrial beings. As such, their ability to store life force energy is meager. There must be a constant flow to maintain continued life. When that flow is interrupted is when death ensues, and there will be an immediate withdrawal of consciousness from the body because it is no longer of use. Your consciousness is a form of life force energy. That is to say, it resembles life force energy, being consciousness, or being conscious, because both are comprised of consciousness. But the life uniqueness and awareness you experience as being yourself is a particular form of consciousness that is very specific to your soul and a part of it. And beyond that, in actuality, 
an extension of creator's consciousness who configured your soul to have its unique, distinctive makeup. We were discussing a little bit of this during the break, um, and we've learned in the previous uh, session that there's multiple forms of life force energy and that uh, there's a life force energy for the body as well as a life force energy for your consciousness, your own soul piece. So when Creator says that at death, the, the life force energy is withdrawn, I assume that Creator is talking about the life force energy of the body. Yes, right. And, and the, the mind leaves as well. Your conscious awareness leaves. It doesn't stay inside your corpse Right. It, it floats out, and, and then a lot of differing things can happen. And but, but it has a supply of life force energy of its own. Right. That's right. And, in, and, and so it continues to be preyed on. If dark yes. spirits have been attached to you while you're alive, they'll follow you into the afterlife and, and, and wreak havoc because you're totally defenseless. And you're tumbling in the dark. This is this is not a happy picture, but it's it's a very real one. We do lots of spirit rescues to help these spirits who are struggling. About a third of the time, people don't make it back to heaven immediately or potentially ever without a rescue. And so there's a great need for this kind of work Absolutely. to do an outreach. I do it all the time for folks. Absolutely. You asked, Creator, did the loss of supply of life force energy happen to the fallen angelics one angel at a time or en masse in one grand decision implementation? Was there any kind of divine trial for each angel that resulted in such a sentence? Was the cutting off intended to be an inducement for reform rather than a punishment? Are angels still falling and being cut off at the present time, or is the angelic realm stable now? All right, this is what Creator tells us. The questions you pose nicely describe how this all unfolded. It was indeed one by one that eventually so many of the angels who fell from grace crossed a line as a consequence of their own choices to be considered beyond the pale. And that was a decision made by Creator, in a sense, assessing the status and evaluating the consensus of the other angelics still in divine alignment after having made many attempts to save each and every one, and only when those attempts failed was the decision made to, in effect, cast them out with respect to energetic support. Even now, we have not given up hope for a turnaround, and indeed several races of new beings were created, each in turn to solve the problem of evil and rescue the fallen angels from the oblivion where they are headed. So you can see, rather than being harsh and, and, and quick to condemn and punish, if anything, we are over lenient in allowing continued existence and free reign, even of perpetrators, while attempts are made to persuade them to change. What this means, in a practical sense, is that many, many beings continue to be harmed on a regular basis while we are waiting for a time of deliverance, which now falls on your shoulders as human beings to arrange, if it is to happen at all. We continue to be patient. We are certainly not happy about all the suffering, but always take the long view that until it is hopeless, we will not give up. But we look to human to justify that continued existence of all that is currently underway. If you step up and take on your healing role in earnest and in large numbers, you will fulfill Creator's dream that the evil is not an insoluble problem and an inevitable catastrophe, but something that can be guarded against and managed if it arises. The process of offering hope once again to the fallen angels is what your channel and his compatriots are doing with the Lightworker Healing Protocol to offer a path to healing for them that indeed can save them and their brethren if enough can be reached in time to turn things around. Things are relatively stable among the angelic realm, but there needs to be an undoing of the separation and fall of so many taking a dark path to help them return to the fold. Until then, the danger continues 
that it will be unstoppable and spell disaster for all in the physical realm of the Milky Way galaxy. Be sure to check out uh, GetWisdom.com while we're waiting for Carl. Uh, you can download the Lightwork Healing Protocol, which was mentioned in the, in the channeling that was just presented, um, which is what we're doing. We're doing the Lightwork Healing Protocol work in order to save the fallen angelics from themselves. Uh, and the reason why that's important is because Creator had also mentioned in the earlier channeling that the angelics were trying to intervene on the behalf of their fallen brethren, but the because they got mixed up with physical beings, uh, their ability to try to heal them from the divine was was truncated. And that's why our participation is so important, because we're the victims of their corruption. And as victims, it we become part of a pact that we have to heal them, essentially, in response. Um, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic, but... Um, healing and perpetrator kind of go together like a, a bad couple. So uh, the, if the the victim can help to forgive and even help to heal the perpetrator, then both become winners. And that's what the Lightwork Healing Protocol does. Is it empowers us as the victims of these beings to heal them in response, in return, which is part of the divine plan for the entire galaxy. So uh, be sure to check out Lightwork Healing Protocol. Download it today at givesmacom slash LHP. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to this second segment of uh, Get Wisdom. Uh, actually, it'd be third segment now. Um, we had some technical difficulties. We've lost Carl. We're trying to get him back on. I'm going to carry on with the show in the meantime. And if he comes back, uh, he can resume his role as, uh, as reading the answers. But in the meantime, I'll, I'll give both the question and the answer. So we'll continue on. Carl asked Creator, is the cutting off of life force energy an abrupt thing, or is it a gradual narrowing and diminishment that eventually stops altogether? Again, the thought is that perhaps the aberrant angel notices the loss and it acts as an inducement for reform. In terms of expansion and diminishment, is every life form either expanding or losing its connection at any given time, or is there a consistency in flow for some life forms? And this is what Creator answered. This is a useful question, but not capturing the reality of the dynamic underway. It is not we who narrow and diminish the life force energy flowing to anyone. It is those beings themselves, through their choices, who become out of alignment and no longer a match to the life force energy of their origin. And so its nature and quantity will diminish, and this is inevitable because they become no longer a match to their fuel, so to speak, and can only use a portion for self-maintenance. What this causes is not only a diminishment, but a diminished capacity to once again function on a higher level, because they have lost the ability to do so, and the energy they can utilize will not be up to the task of restoring them fully. That is why there is a healing need here, rather than simply opening a valve or throwing a switch to restore the flow. They are experiencing a karmic consequence of their choices as an alteration over time of how they are configured energetically, 
and their capacity to function as a consequence has been altered in ways they cannot undo directly themselves. In effect, every life form has a flow and flux energetically, and because their own consciousness will influence the flow of life force energy itself. If they are in harmony with all around them, they will be able to use the flow of life force energy to its fullest. But if they become out of alignment, in some respect, they will indeed diminish their ability to utilize the energy, and it will be cut back correspondingly because nothing is wasted. There is a feedback mechanism that keeps things in balance, but that balance can be perturbed by the beings themselves. And so the diminishment they engineer, in effect, through a darkening of their being that comes through their own choices to sell it for less, to become corrupted, to think dark thoughts and create karmic consequences to diminish themselves, they must bear the consequences and may have a tough time repairing the degradation that takes place. Here again, this shows the need for partnership with the divine. So that you should make a myth, so that should you make a misstep that is sizable and difficult to self-correct, you can still appeal to the divine realm and be given support to recover successfully. But if you turn your back on the divine and choose to go on your own, talking to you atheists, <laughs> you will have only your own resources to work with, and that may well prove to be inadequate, depending on the life challenges you face and the likelihood you will be corrupted eventually by the darkness working relentlessly to do so. So there are some pretty profound uh, insights here that Creator has, has offered us. Um, technically, the life force energy is, is there for us to take, but we lose our own ability to make full use of it through our own corruption. And if the corruption gets too great, um, we fall out of divine alignment, and then we're basically going to be stuck with only something that's going to keep us alive it's not going to enable us to remain in divine partnership so that's a that's a downside of uh, slipping out of a relationship with god essentially carl asked creator we know consciousness cut off from life force energy eventually perishes if not rescued have some fallen angelics who were cut off at the time of the war in heaven or since already perished in this way if so, is it only the fallen angelics who have perished this way, since everyone else is still on life support, or are members of the extraterrestrial alliance in danger of joining them in this fate? What can Creator tell us? And this is Creator's answer. We can tell you there are many fallen angelics who have perished, and this was through their own poor choices to put themselves at risk. And they were simply ones less fortunate and less capable of finding a host in a timely way to keep supplying energy for their survival and became stranded and then too weakened to take action of any kind. It eventually became depleted and the remaining energy was recycled and returned to the ground state as part of the zero point field in keeping with the nomenclature of your science. That is true death, but only happens when it is self chosen. The fact many beings have chosen their own demise should give all along the living, among the living, should give all among the living something to think about in how to avoid a similar fate. Certainly, no amount of power, which is always fleeting, is worth an eventual decline in depravity and eventual oblivion with death of the being. You know, um, Christ in the Bible has said that the wages of sin is death, and I believe that what he was meant talking about was death of the soul in basically exactly the, the, the way the creator is describing it here, that um, if you descend into depravity, and depravity is basically a condition where the only pleasure you can derive is by instigating or witnessing the suffering of others. In other words, there has to be somebody suffering around you in order for you to feel good. That is the condition of depravity, and it doesn't get there overnight. It takes a very long descent to reach that state of mentality, that state of being, where the only thing that you can draw pleasure from is the suffering of others. So if you get to that state, then you're in trouble, because now you don't have a divine partnership, and eventually you're going to be cut off from life force energy itself and be adrift. And unless you can steal energy from some other being, 
you will end up being depleted to the point of zero and your consciousness will dissolve into the great ocean of creator's consciousness and your individuality will be no more. So that is, that's a terrible fate <laughs> that all of us should avoid. Carl asked creator, we know the extraterrestrials mm -hmm. and spirits in limbo are particularly powerful. And this likely accounts for why they're able to bully the fallen angelics rather than the other way around. We know they are still considered part of the free will project, though they are on thin ice. And so they are still receiving life support energy uh, from, from above. But aren't some of them just as vibrationally negative as the fallen angelics? How are they still able to directly receive this energy and how is it governed? Do some receive less than others? All right, this is what creator tells us. It is true that they are becoming as depraved as the fallen angelics and in some cases more so because they have higher capability to begin with and so are more effective in what they choose to be and do. And this is true when they devote themselves to becoming a force for evil. What differs is that they are not yet cut off from life support is as true of the fallen angelics. That is the reason for their relative power. They are free to roam and do not need to draw energy from the living, which makes the fallen angelics a parasite that must attach a great deal of the time to a living being to siphon away energy for themselves in order to keep going, although they can't really go anywhere at the same time. And this limits their range and options for experiencing anything of value. They are literally clinging to life in a dependent state. That does not mean, however, that they are not dangerous. Their consciousness is a menace to anything it can influence, and that includes the host they attach to. To pirate energy, they will attempt to manipulate their host to worsen things and cause as much harm as they can. Most of that is solely directed at perturbing the host enough to ramp up the need for energy so they get more for themselves. The extraterrestrial spirits are particularly dangerous because their greater power and ability to manipulate the fallen angels gives them a weapon they can direct at particular targets, especially living human beings, to create a reign of terror to drag them down. So there will be a larger group effort with high-level intelligence in many cases involved with spirit attacks that humans must reckon with. So that contest between good and evil is amply illustrated with this dynamic that extraterrestrial spirits continue to enjoy free agency and free will for the time being. As such, they pose a significant challenge to humanity because they are dangerous and belong to the enemy camp. Here still, the answer is healing. It can be requested by the human being to be arranged through the divine realm, and that can raise up the extraterrestrial spirits in limbo, and this will raise their vibration and bring them enough into divine alignment. They can be persuaded to return to the light and no longer be a part of the attacks against humanity. Well, we, we know that this is an important warning from Creator about where a key component of our collective problem lies. I mean, they're certainly not the only problem we have, but they're a big problem, and they're contributing to our situation um, quite significantly, Carl. Well, <clears throat> this is the problem of evil. It started with them, these fallen angels. They corrupted the ETs. We were created to come in and clean up the mess, believe it or not. But we're in the dark. We've been blocked by the ETs to corrupt our minds, limit their capabilities. So we're kind of doing this with one hand tied behind our back, but Creator is still rooting for us and supports our efforts to the extent we become aware and reach out and request divine help. That's our critical way to get this done. This is a partnering with Creator that we need to have. Absolutely, and we're getting protocols the way to do that. U.S. Creator, in the quest to stop human annihilation, has been emphasized that the rounding up of the fallen angelic should be considered a high priority. Previously, Creator said the divine realm was operating what was essentially a catch-and-release program, and that the fallen angel was given a choice of rehabilitation or released back into the lower astral plane. Is this why a mass clean-out is so important now? 
Creator recently said that fallen angelics have forfeited their free will standing. What does that mean in terms of their roundup? Is it still catch and release? Can Creator explain how the Lightworker Healing Protocol is central to this activity? Right, and this is what Creator tells us. The fallen angelics are truly on their own. They still maintain the ability to pray on the living as an obligate parasite, meaning they cannot survive unless there is a living host to draw energy from. So when lost in space, so to speak, and wandering about the lower astral plane, they can only survive for a period of time unless they can find a source of energy from a living being currently supporting or being supported by the divine realm and tap it to siphon energy. So the fact they have forfeited their free will standing does not mean they will be killed actively on sight by the divine, only that they are no longer supported energetically. This holds out hope of their eventual rescue if beings in the physical become aware of their dilemma and being preyed upon, take pity on their adversaries and arrange for their healing by the divine realm. In the meantime, we can only do so much to ensure that healing because the fallen angels themselves can still say no. And in those cases, they will be released and can be a continued menace. That is why clever strategies to do a mass cleanout around the earth can make a difference in providing a greater zone. Broad healing effort underway to help save humanity and to rescue the members of the extraterrestrial alliance who are truly in control of things as the first order of business. Because without that happening, you will not be let alone to continue healing, but will be attacked again and again by the extraterrestrials seeking to harm you for their own selfish reasons and perverse pleasure in doing so. As a species, humans have been on a treadmill for most of their existence in a kind of holy action against all the opposition hurled against you to keep you off balance and struggling. That is not only not, a, not truly a way to live that is worth living, but a prescription for your eventual destruction. Because you are valued by the divine, this will not destroy you, but may destroy the experiment underway that has been a living laboratory to teach you about the nature of evil and how to surmount it. If you are successful in that challenge, you will be able to graduate to a higher level of being in a higher dimension and will become teachers and healers for other civilizations throughout the universe and never again will be under the power and control of the depraved beings you deal with currently. The central tool you need to make this happen is the Lightworker Healing Protocol to bring about the healing of the extraterrestrials so they can, at a minimum, withdraw from the Earth for a long enough interval for you to complete healing sufficiently to ascend to the higher dimension that is your destiny to inhabit. That will forever keep you safe from their depredations and destructive impulses. From that higher plane, you will still be able to be an agent for change and can work to continue their healing and save them eventually without yourselves being at risk. To implement this grand plan, you need to be in a divine partnership with the Lightworker Healing Protocol as the means of communication in defining what is needed and what you want the divine realm to do explicitly. Without that information and wisdom it contains, you will not have the wherewithal to stand up to your adversaries and will be at their mercy and fairly soon in carrying out an annihilation that, that, that will end this experiment once and for all. The choice is yours in what you wish to see happen and what you need to do to guarantee your future. It is up to you to decide. Well, there's a lot to think about here. Um, I think w in summary, what we've learned is that the fallen angelics don't have any life support at all, and they have to get that life support from other beings that are still in divine alignment. So you become kind of a transducer, a transformer, so to speak, that can enable them to tap into the divine in an indirect fashion by parasiting you. 
And that sounds like a terrible arrangement. It is a terrible <laughs> arrangement, Carl. Um, but this is Creator's plan. He doesn't want, you know, Creator could have wiped these beings out at any time, but chose to allow them to continue existing, even in this terrible condition. Not terrible for themselves, but for us as victims, because he still holds out hope that there could be a turnaround. And that's what we need to keep focused on. Well, it's rather surprising, I think. It, it was a surprise to me that we have something this important to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, most people think about themselves and worry about their own life. And, and if they're lucky to have loved ones and are part of a family still, that gives you plenty to have on your plate from a human perspective. But now it turns out we were created to be change agents, to work for the divine and fix the entire Milky Way galaxy by dealing with the problem of evil, which has corrupted it, yeah. and us too. So it, we'll save ourselves if we do this. But it's not human-like in the way we see culturally to want to heal your enemy, to save your enemy. This, yes. this goes against the grain for many people because we're so used to you know, lock them up, throw away the key, execute them if they commit a capital offense, and so on. But that, that actually works against the inner lobe. And we projected that dark, judgmental. Yes. Yeah, yeah because, because essentially so we, they're doing we can do by, this. By, by installing in us this aversion to forgive and heal our perpetrators, uh, the perpetrators are, are, are putting themselves at risk because they're destroying the means by which they can become healed. Creator said, we are the means by which they become healed and by which the galaxy is essentially saved. And even opens the door for free will to disperse throughout the entire universe. This is not a small thing. And I know that myself personally, I always felt like I was born with an important mission. But boy, I had no idea, Carl, how important it actually is. Well, we need everyone out there listening to follow up and go to getwisdom.com and, and buy some healing sessions for you and your loved ones. Learn the Lightworker Healing Protocol. Become a healer like us. Anyone can do this. And it just takes some dedication. And, and in the privacy of your own mind, you can safely reach out and help the cause. Indeed, you can. You can get information on the Lightworker Healing Protocol at getwisdom.com slash LHP. That's getwisdom.com slash LHP. And Empowered Prayer, which uh, is a quicker thing that you can do during the day, multiple times throughout the day. Um, and you can get that at getwisdom.com slash prayer. Getwisdom.com slash prayer. I think of them as a... As a, as a kit, the Lightworking Protocol and the Empowered Prayer go together like coffee and cream. <laughs> That's it for this week's Get Wisdom. We hope you'll join us next week. Thanks, everybody. Be well. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week.